It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Yeah. Bush, what do you think of the Deuce Staley hire? Can he? <laughs> Jay was trying to get his knee. He was dancing. He was dancing. Don't you do it. We're going to get Jay off the hot seat. Don't you mess that money up. Um, Frank, what does Deuce Staley do here? Uh, listen, man, I think Deuce Staley, like he said, I think he's going to give a new voice um, because Jerome Ford left a lot of food on his plate. There was a lot of yards that could have been had. He had some bursts in the one. And what he did, he has that long ability to get to the to the house. So some of them long runs that he has intoxicates you a little bit. You're like, man, if we could just get this this kid to run between the tackles. And it's the vision, the patience. There's times where Jerome Ford is just running. Uh, shout out to Wyatt Teller's ankles and knees. He just running in the back of his knee. Just, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, calm down, bro. The store ain't open yet. Just <laughs> the store not open. Don't, don't be outside. Stop and banging on the door. <laughs> in front of Heinen's like, ah, I want some food. No. Come on. He just cut back lanes. It's available for you. Patience, vision. Somebody need to sit down with him and, and get you some film. I say, look, bro. You see, this read your blockers, set it up. Matter of fact, he should live with Nick Chubb because I go, I just went back to see if I if I forgot how good Nick Chubb was. Uh, you think and Nick Chubb wants somebody living with him? J- well, he might. Well, he, if Chubb, you can yeah. show up at Chubb's house. He might not tell you no. Mm-hmm. He don't speak at all. He just, just yeah, shrug his shoulders. All right, come on in. Come on in. I watch how Nick Chubb. I mean, it's a beautiful thing because there's times but when is there, that instinct there's nothing. Yes, or it is. Is that learn? It, no, it's instinct. Because Leroy has said the exact same it's thing instinct. you just said, but he's like, some guys never learn it. Somebody never never get it. Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson should be a a a a, a, a big time running back that had thousands of yards in this league. But by, by the way, that was to me, I, every time I hear Trent Richardson, I smile because one of my biggest arguments, one of my biggest wins ever on the radio. Was you when, said he was done when they traded him? When they when the Browns traded him, Dustin and I agreed. We were like, "This is a, they traded him for first round pick." I remember they got a first. We round were pick. like, "That's now, he did have a thousand yards." He had season. a thousand though. He did, but, but his yards per carry were crappy. Yeah. It felt like he took forever to get to the holes. And the was, eye test, the eye, he just wasn't passing passed the eye and, test. And they analytically, they charted and said, yes. "Listen, he had a thousand. He should have had 1,500. And he stunk. I mean, his career completely went down the toilet. He was and done. You, when you talk about running backs' instincts. One of the best, and I'm not just saying this because he's been on the show. One of the best I've ever seen was Maurice with the instincts. Oh, oh, God, oh. Yeah. oh my God, the yeah. uh, the ability. Because I covered Ohio State, I was Ohio State Yo. beat writer that year, Yo. and he would it, the way he would take a handoff and like wait, pause, and you think like go, and and he knew, and he then just he would knew. take these little pitter pads and, and the and cutback and the jump steps. How different it could have been the way that I know. He, in the NFL. He, he, for he was me, deadly he's nice. one of the biggest nice. what if Absolutely. stories I have ever Absolutely, seen yeah. in my life. And to your point, Jason, I'm really glad that you said that. He is a friend of the show. I've known him for years. Yeah. You covered him at Ohio State. The one thing I'll say about Maurice Claret that I think people are starting to realize now, he is not just an intelligent human being. His football IQ, and I had guys tell me this when he was a freshman at Ohio State. They were saying three or four games in, yeah. he's going to break every record that's ever been yeah. set at Ohio State. 
and they kept saying the same thing. Not only is his natural football IQ off the charts, I had coaches there that were telling me, this kid can't learn enough. He's a sponge. He asks all the right questions. He'll reach out blindly to anyone just to pick their brain about running the position. The, the play against Michigan, like the, I think it was like a wheel route down the sideline. Right. He called it. He told Trestle, like, run this. I'm open. I'll be open. Well, he, yeah. he had a brilliant mind. I remember asking him maybe three or four games in. It's a stupid question by me. But in the moment, I said, have you ever been tackled for a loss? And he's like, what are you talking about? Of course I have. I'm like, well, I don't know. I ain't seen I, it yet. I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> think about how likely it didn't happen in high school. Like, think about how good you got to be to be legendary off one year. Leg- and by the way, that big yeah. time player show up in big. Listen, he, this guy, Maurice Claret, was going against the greatest team I've ever seen assembled. And I got a good friend, Mike Doss, on that, that team that was All-American three times. And I told him to his face, you got Andre Johnson. There's, listen, you talk about Kellen Winslow, McGahee. Yeah. I said, y'all in trouble. Like, yeah. and, and yeah. he, like, but Claret gave him the swag. Like, Look at the quarterback that oh, won no. with. Yeah. Craig Krenzel. Craig yeah. Krenzel. You know why they won that game? Because you talk about football IQ, Maurice stealing the ball from Sean Taylor. Yes. Stole the greatest plays you'll ever see. Biggest game play no one ever talks about. Ooh. I know you're absolutely right. It one was of the greatest plays in a great yep. game that you'll ever see. From right. a great player, from a Hall of Fame That's player. Right. By the way, two and it was a hustle play. Yeah. Two other players that had good NFL careers, but I think if they'd played later, they would have been another level. Were Reggie Bush. If he played 10 years later. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Because you know, the game has evolved yeah. so much. And Randall Cunningham, who was really good. But if he had played oh, yeah. in the last 10 years oh instead God. of when he played, yeah. Randall forget was, about it. I, for me, yeah. I know everybody says it goes back to Fran Tarkington. But if you no. go watch a watch old tape, Fran would be an average no. quarterback today when it comes to scrambling yeah, He and Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham, when I watched his game, I said, I've never seen that before. Yeah. I've never seen anything even. And he had a good career, but and, and if, he hood, played, but if he had today, played now, forget about it. He could be Michael. Or, I mean, he's he, Lamar he Jackson. Lamar yeah. Jackson. And, and yeah. the hood, Randall Cunningham was like Michael Jordan, bro. Yeah. Like, it, not saying like he had the skill, but cultural phenomenon, dudes running around, jumping over people running around. Cunningham was crazy. He has the. Good. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the numbers don't back this up. But to me, I think of him as. The athleticism of Lamar Jackson with the arm of, of Josh Allen. He could throw the ball 80 yards. Yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. Just he was inc- just the can. freakiest of freaks. All right, Mike. We're talking Miles Garrett here in a sec, and he was just named literally in the last 45 seconds one of the five finalists for the NFL's defensive player of the oh, year. Oh, did those come out today? The finalists came out. Kevin Stefanski also a finalist for Any coach of the year. Any others for the Browns? Probably not. Uh, they've only done – it's going in chronological Who order, are the so finalists for back. both those awards, I wonder Mike. about the uh, Rosa. Is that what – I'll do the, the read real kicker? quick, and then we'll talk about it because it includes Miles. But yeah. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook, and as the NFL regular season wraps up, there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. And the best part about FanDuel – is it simple to use? And there are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. You can build parlays in the new Parlay Hub. You can find bets in the Explorer tab and so much more. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And shout-out to Legend 10 Villain for this winning ticket. Ooh. On Tuesday night, 
Legend 10 villain put $2.50 on the exact score of the Clippers Lakers game, 127 to 116. What? I didn't even know you could and do that. And $2.50 into $902.50. I'm sorry. Wow. 360 to 1 odds on the exact score. <laughs> wow. In the Clippers Lakers game, the Clippers won 127 to 116. I'm Legend surprised it wasn't even a bigger long in. shot than 350 to 1. You know, 1. you could corner that market, though. You know, there, there's a way that you could just hedge that bet. But that's crazy. I mean, that's every a great bet. possible great score win. between 120 to 119. Yeah. 120. You know, it would still cost you money, but I bet you could. Yeah. It feels like you would end up making money in this. Send me that formula, Jay. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, work right. on it tonight. Yeah, do sit, you stop, playing, wow. stop playing with me. And, crazy and look, win. This is not going to be on the fan duel pick them by us. This is just. Yeah. That is yeah. nuts. Just I want to look him. at that. I'll $2. see $2. what yeah, the combinations are. If there's 100 combinations at. What was his bet? Two fifty to win nine hundred and two dollars. He won nine oh two, but how much did he bet? Two fifty. Okay, so a hundred times two is what four hundred bucks. Yes, but at two fifty, you could still make five hundred dollars if you bet two hundred. I'm gonna get into this because I love numbers, and I think I think you could. Mm. That might be a backdoor to. Cornering bets. Well, but the score could end up 98, here's, 96. Well, here's the variable. Yeah. It could also what, end up in the 80s, 70s. It could. It, there's yeah. a million bucks. What you would have to do is look at what the average, what I would do. I would look at the average point scored for both teams. Right. Yeah. And then I would go plus or minus 10 on either way and corner everything in between. Yeah. You've well, got the time to do that. Good that. for you. If you win it, send us the bets. I'm going to look into it. Guys. Look, I, I appreciate. I got and then the bag. I'll make ten practice bets. I got the bag, and I'll see how many Similar I win. Similar to that. Well, no, I, I, it'll go ahead, Mike. Go. I, the I'll uh, go off NFL just announced its finalists for its awards. Okay. Miles Garrett, one of the five finalists for Defensive Player of the Year, the alongside T.J. Watt, Micah Parsons, Max Crosby, and Deron Bland, the defensive back for the Cowboys, who had the pick six record this season. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, a finalist for Coach of the Year, and Joe Flacco, a finalist for Comeback Player of the Year. We'll talk about those other awards another day. Today, can I you give us the other, other finalists? finalists Just give us the finalists. Right? What's funny is the NFL tweeted out some of them. They have not tweeted out the list, uh, other than Mary Kay tweeting team. that he's one of the finalists. Remember, they didn't talk so, about. Yeah, yeah, no. So when it comes out, I'll tell you guys. The NFL hasn't actually put All out right. the five finalists, okay. but. Yesterday, before we knew Miles was officially a finalist, he was named the Pro Football Writers Association Defensive Player of the Year. He's been the PFF Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, Assistant Coach of the Year, Jim Schwartz, is one of the five finalists, alongside Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Todd Munkin, and Bobby Slowick. Uh, oh, here's Coach of the Year. Stefanski, Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans, John Harbaugh, and Dan Campbell. And I still don't see Comeback Player of the Year, so I'll keep a look at Sh- Why is Shanahan but, on there? But the 49ers is the best team in the league? But usually it's a team that's surprisingly good. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean he's going to win it, but you're allowed to make him a final. He's the best team in the league. Yeah. But, Bo, let me ask you this question. I want to start with you because I know you are going to start us off in a direction I want this to go. Miles has been – the two awards so far has been named PFF, Pro Football Writers Association. Is he a lock for the NFL's Defensive Player of the Year, and should he be? Because I know you have asked some questions whether Uh, or not you think he definitively should be. Because – If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. He is a lock, but he shouldn't be. Now, that's not to say Miles Garrett shouldn't win. But, you know, G talks about this all the time. Uh, Now, I think you'd argue against it in this case because it's for your guy. But you (laughs) argue about narratives. Mm -hmm. And I hate this. But narratives affect awards. And they shouldn't. And it drives me crazy. And there's been a narrative that Miles Garrett deserves to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. I don't know that there are many, if any, facts that back that up. Most of the people, when you say, well, why should Miles Garrett win uh, a defensive player of the year? Well, he's the best. Okay, he might be the most physically talented. Did he have the best season? Give me some facts to back up. Hey, his can best I give season. you one stat that yeah. I don't really know if I buy into it yet or not? Because yeah. it's new, but we had a conversation on the show where I believe it was Ben Baby. Yeah, but that was like five weeks ago. About, and I don't even, I mean, do we, do we know that stat? Well, it was before the Bengals game. That wasn't what, – what, what week was that? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So, it was later in the season. It was week 18. All the hay was almost in the barn. Yeah. And, and Bull, I'm not advocating for yeah. the stat because I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah. I still don't have a complete understanding of what it is, and it's not been around long enough for me to right. tell if that's – let's say QBR. Like, I don't yeah, know that I buy I, QBR, but according to Ben Baby, ESPN has developed a stat yeah. that is a combo of all things defensive end. And right. he said – again, I, I don't know – Maybe you can look into this. If, that, I don't that know Garrett if, was way ahead that, on this There was one thing. Garrett and then a huge gap and then everybody I, else. So I, that's I just the, think we've we, – everybody is – so it's like everybody – and this is not – in this case, it's Cleveland. But it's every case, every year with these awards. We decide that our guy should win and everybody else thinks it's ludicrous if you disagree. Yeah, and no, that's stupid. I agree with it that. It doesn't make any sense. And I feel like some of these, some of these writers who vote on these things, they're total sheep. Instead of doing their own – Work somebody, on it. somebody is the the, the sexy. You always yeah, hear that like, the sexy candidate, right? I don't want to hear I mean, that. Th- just the fact. Look at the NBA. How many uh, um, MVPs did LeBron win? Has I, he won? I voted for him every year. How many has he won? And you know what? Four. You, you, Four. you got it right most Four. years. I voted for him okay. every year because. But how ludicrous! Kobe Bryant won one MVP. He's got less than Steve Nash. Steve Nash was a hell of a player. Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, not and, the same and the, cra- and the crazy right. part about it is, you don't want to hear it, Kobe Bryant had to die before he got props. When, when Eagle Kyle... Well, I mean, we all knew he was great, but well, he did get greater in depth. That always they, happens. Yeah, they, yeah, he true. still was getting... He would do interviews, and he was still getting Eagle Colorado comments. Like, hey, like, I had to And ask then suddenly you. when he died and people brought but, that up, they're like, like how dare you bring that up? great. Yeah. Like, yeah. you got to... These are almost, I think... These are lifetime and, and popularity contests amongst good I hate players. it. And, and I, writers allow their per- – listen, I, I've been thinking about this because I've been thinking about it with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes, thank you. I, He's I, changing over. Come on, I, Bull. No, I, no I've, already, I've already been a vote for steroid, guys. I just think their stat standards have to be higher. But uh, I, I find Kurt Schilling to be one of the most deplorable, disgusting, despicable human beings – in the public. But that's not a criteria. But I would vote for him for the Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. I would. Because Ty he, Cobb was a miserable right. human There's being too. There's a lot too. of crappy people. I can't let their personalities or what I think of them right. affect whether or not I think they're Hall of Famers. Or These things are stupid and people let personal biases get out of the way. Now listen, you, sometimes you have subconscious biases. There's not, but I think you have to go in. If, if I had a vote for any of these things, 
I would think about what my, like, hey, I like the Bengals. I like the Browns. I can't let those. I have to consciously think I can't let those get in my yeah. way of to, making an honest human nature. Point, that they and it's hard to do, but you got to do it, yeah. and too many guys don't. I still catch strays yeah. all the time yeah. for voting for Andre Iguodala for NBA Finals MVP in 2015. <laughs> people are like, how could you, you of all people, how could you vote for Andre Iguodala for <laughs> NBA Finals MVP over LeBron yeah. when you worked for his hometown paper? I'm like, well, number one, they ain't got nothing to do with it. Exactly. The Cavs didn't win. Number two, the, like the Cavs lost three games yeah, in a row yeah. in that finals. Number three, if you look at the number, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're getting off. No, but, but you're right. But it's, no, it's I walked. Thing. I walked. You into, voted your conscience, and that's what everybody. Should I walked do. into yes. the Cavs locker room after that. Like the votes had just been released, and one of LeBron's people in his inner circle, I won't say which one, like saw me and screamed from across the locker room, "You've got to be effing kidding me!" <laughs> I was like. Hi. <laughs> it's amazing that they hey care guys. about such things. But well, first the, of all, win. Yeah. yeah. Like to me, that it, it's only happened I think once in the history of the NFL of the Super Bowl where the MVP was on the losing team. Yeah. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, my memory tells me that that's I'm happened. I'm surprised that's one happened time. at all. I, I mean, think it happened one time. Was it Ed Tutal Jones or it seems to me that now remember when you vote for that and you've done that. Chuck Howley. What's that? Chuck Howley. Yeah. You're right, Chuck Holly. Forever so, ago, ah, yeah. But it's and, and oh, it doesn't stand out, right? But it's happened once. Uh, to Same me, thing in the NBA, Jerry Lucas one time. Yes. On the, now, on now, team. sometimes because of when the time frame is, we don't know who's going to win. Oftentimes, that's the case. Think of all the Super Bowls that have been decided in the last five minutes. I yeah. think that's the. I think at the Super Bowl, it's five minutes. I could be wrong on that. But I just remember times where I was putting my pencil to that, and my hand was shaking. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who they have. I'll, let's get 60 minutes in, and yeah. then I'll tell you who the MVP yeah. is. I mean, you. So in that case, like, win the win the the championship series, and then you can make an argument for it. But bull, your point is 1,000 percent valid. And to answer the ultimate question here, and this may be controversial, Miles Garrett does not deserve the defensive player. I, I, the of the more year. I think about it, I agree. I was just gonna say. He didn't play well at the end of the year. And Bull, what are the most, the most? What's the most important stretch of any season? The end of the season. That's and, it. And 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 it's not just this year. We've yeah. shown with a graphic that we have that Miles Garrett is a absolute first ballot lock Hall of Famer in the first half of the first quarter of the season. He is a Hall of Famer in the second quarter of the season. In the third quarter of the season, he's probably have to wait a couple years to get in. And on the fourth quarter of the season, at for a career, yeah, you're going to scratch your head and say maybe he's not a Hall of Famer. No. To me, the most important – that's why my knock on Miles has always been this. I don't see the splash plays in the biggest moments of games. Now, not consistently enough. He's yeah. done it. Yeah. But to me, when I think of Aaron Donald, okay, now he might go down as the greatest ever. But when I think of Aaron Donald, I will always and forever think of how he won a Super Bowl for a team. He literally won the Super Bowl for, because the two biggest plays in that game, and those numbers are just, they're jaw-dropping. He, he made two back-to-back plays in the biggest game of his career that sealed the deal for his team. And both of those plays were incredible human athletic achievements. Miles is capable of that. We've seen that throughout his career. I need to see that in December. I needed to see that in Houston. I needed to see that the last six weeks well, of the season. And I know he was hurt. I just can't one, vote for him this one, year. One of, the, one of the things that we got to take into consideration is this. 
when you start off the regular season and, and, and the premise that we talk about is if you don't want to say Miles Garrett is the most double team this years he is by far this years he may be second at the end of the day when you talk about attention on the football field Miles Garrett Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett demands the most attention on the football field. They've proven it statistically. You can see it in chips and things. Was he the most double team this year, though? I thought it I don't was. I think he uh, was. But and then Micah Parsons. I think Micah Parsons was. I, I said, you know, he, is, he may not. He's always up there. He's always in the top three, right? There's some seasons is a little closer to the other. But here's the thing. When you deal with that amount as a defensive end plan, when you, when you deal with that amount of people touching your body at one point in time, when you got a, a chip from here, you got a chip from here and you got they slide in your way that takes a lot out of you the energy level that you got you got to think these guys is 330 340 pounds you see in most of them and while you engage the tight end is hit you and the running back is going your way so that takes a lot out of you your body is getting knocked and dinged and so you might start off in in the beginning of the season right where you're, you're starting off like a game buster but that that takes a toll on you it's like the lebron minutes like yeah you do you want lebron playing 40 minutes can he do it sure can miles garrett take triple teams all year sure but it's going to have a wear and tear on price. his body but it comes the, the at a problem price. g is if you look at all the other elite pass rushers, and we were going to do that I their numbers it. are not declining as the season give me a player well in terms of you talk about double teams let's go no, you, uh, I, no, I think we're talking about sacks uh, per month. progression yeah. as the season goes okay, on. Okay, now hang on so, one second, though, before we do that. Okay. We sat here all year and said sacks are not the end-all, be-all to no, measuring the score. And I still think they're not. So now, because, like, I'm just a, But, Jay, I, there were games where he wasn't in the box score. I, the, I, I think the Texans, he vanished in the Texans game, and that's left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. 1,000%. Mm-hmm. But he also... He, he also was and, not a factor in the last I, five or six weeks. I do think that the shoulder was much more significant than people, than people but you realize. But if it's, if it's who's the best, you can't get a pass for that. Agree with yeah. that. But I'm just saying, it feels like I don't remember our, every single week, we all sat here and said he's the defensive player of the year. It felt yeah. that way the first 12 all weeks week, of the year. Yes. But we said that up until week 15, 16 as well. Like no, that's, we were, Jason, in real time, to be fair, we were saying – What's happened to Miles Garrett? The shoulder must be a lot more serious than we thought. But, but because his production went from here to but here. But the conversation shifted to, well, look at the pass rush win rate. Win rate. I can't even say it. Look yeah. at the double teams. It never like it. I just feel like the and he vanished in the Houston game. Yeah. No debate. But that doesn't count in this because it's a regular season award. And it feels like if Miles had two sacks and a, and a forced fumble in that Houston game. Would we, we would, still be having this conversation? No. Well, you know, I'm not sure that we would. can't erase that from our mind, and you're right, and That's we fair. should. That's fair. That's why, really, this discussion has to be had before the playoff. Yeah. Mike, do you have any more background? Like, do you have the yeah, double? Yeah, what are some of the other top pass rushers doing in January? Or, in no, before we even get to that, because I do I want need to know, know double teams. Like, double teams or, or... That's not a sortable player by player, um, yeah. like, on the fly. I will say one thing in the whole conversation about should he be a lock, should he not be? Yeah. If you want to say he's not going to win or doesn't deserve to win... There has to be a person who does. That's and, the other and, part of this. And you yeah. can have Miles, and and it's fair to say his numbers have tailed off, and the sacks down the stretch, his pressure numbers were fine. But if it's not Miles, who? I, I and I can't come up with another great name. I got to tell you, and I'm I not sure. T, I don't think T.J. Watt deserves. I it didn't this watch year. all of I, I, Max Parsons. Crosby to me uh, when I watched him. And again, I didn't watch every game. So if you just dropped in on four games from Miles Garrett, you may say 
my God, I, was he even playing? Yeah. Or you might say, oh, he was the most disruptive force I've ever seen on a football field. Well, well, but he's but Max was Crosby, bad. But I think me, that factors Max in. Crosby, when I watched him, right. so in their nationally exclusive windows, he was a game changer to me. But he wasn't playing games that mattered. And, his, and I think that factors I, in. I, 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 I could look at it and say, look, man, this is a war that also has to do with how well your unit did defensively. If the Browns are number one all year and they're carrying quarterbacks, it's very hard to I say. I don't think that should be a factor. I don't know if how often it's been a factor. I don't think that should be any factor well, at all. Can you be the defensive player of the year in basketball and have the worst defense in, in, in rating in the league? As an individual? Can you? I'm seeing, well, the, I think the comp that you're making didn't A Rod win MVP when the Rangers were in last place? Oh, you o- think you're Otani right. just won. Andre Dawson. Yeah. Otani. That's Otani. a great example. But, you gotta, but, you, but here's the thing you got to overkill it. Otani overkilled everybody. It yeah, was not right. even close. So yeah. you're like, even if he plays his A-Rod team is bad, too. he overkilled it. And my thing, my thing is this you know, it's a it's a lifetime achievement achievement where there's, there's but years. But that shouldn't be either. But watch this. I'm just saying what it is. There's years Miles Garrett had better years than this. And he was nowhere in the, in, in the running well, at all. But, but in some of those years, there was someone that had a ridiculous year. But Micah Part, forget Max Crosby because what is Max he's a Crosby? bad team. You said he didn't play meaningful games. Bull, uh, to me, that's more impressive. Not playing meaningful games? Yeah, but if you're, if you're dominating in football games where your team is like mailing it in, We've given Miles Garrett and a that's pass the argument I've for made December for him. Yes. because well those games are meaningless. How do you get up for those? I Max think, Crosby but did. But I'm saying, but we're criti- but I'm being critical of Miles for not playing well when it mattered the most at the end of the season. So I got to say, well, Max Crosby didn't didn't have games that mattered this, and still no played pressure. and still played extremely yes, well. Yes, but Miles that, Garrett had a lot more pressure. That's on him. what the Pro Bowl is. That's for. what I think. Yeah, <laughs> I would say Michael Parsons because the Cowboys' defense was right there with the Browns. They were being one of the best defenses in the league. I, I think I think the here's the thing, I, you know this is the funny part about it. People talk about it. I think uh, I think what's the name? I forget who said this. It was coach for, for Denver Broncos? What's the name? Um, Broncos. Sean Payton. Sean Payton said yeah. this. He said the sack sacks is the most useless statistic there is. He's like, there's there's so many different things. Quarterbacks can fall down. And you can well, tackle. That's Sean Payton. Sometimes I, I, I disagree. So, with that. Sometimes you don't even get blocked. Sometimes and, and guess what? Those count. Right, you, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, it's I, I think it doesn't tell the whole story. Well, I agree sometimes with that. the interception is thrown directly to you. Through right, nothing you did. I, I, I don't. Those listen, count too. We've already. Yes, we. We. It shouldn't just be about sacks, of course. But I don't think that means sacks have no, no value. Have value. I, I don't agree with that. I, I just think the advanced analytics that people love. All of them point to Miles Garrett. Well, but a lot of people here don't like analytics at all. You got to take what you take. You know, I, I listen, <laughs> if Miles Garrett wins in the end, that's fine with me. I don't really care one way or the other. I'm not passionate about it. Do you think he will win? Because I, I, yes. I do oh, think he 100%. will win. Yeah, I, I think he's yeah. going to win. Winning. He's going to win. Look, because it, this pro football writers is yeah. almost, oh, it's like you, when you win the Golden Globe, you win the Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. It's a precursor. It's a great predictor. <clears throat> yeah, and you, it usually pans out. And by yeah. the way, I'm not going to sit here if he wins and say, oh, my God, no. it's so egregious. I would just say that if I had a vote, I would have to really sit down and do a lot of film study yeah, sure. and even talk to folks that cover those teams to see because I cannot forget the last five to six weeks of the season. Yeah, I there's no excuse for the writers that vote on this not being able to do the work. Like, in baseball, yeah, when do you the can't research. watch 162 games of every team. No. That's impossible. But in football, but you, you can You, you can, can watch every guy that's legitimately in the mix. Jay, just, just because you asked, I do have the numbers month by month for a couple other pass rushers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How, do they, wanna, how do they 
Shake if out. you want to take this full, Steve, just so everyone has a, a comparison of talking. So, TJ Watt, same draft class. These are Miles' numbers. So, wait, but look. Okay, so the first January two, throwout. How many games has he played Well, in we'll January? just add them together. So, 57 and a half the first two months, and then 31 the last three no, months. No, 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 no. Well, no, don't even throw January in there because in most months, it's not a full month. Right. No, and, I hear and he's you. probably played six be this, games in his no, career. No, I know, but it's the first two months the versus the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. It's the first two months of the year versus the rest, the rest of the, of the year. season. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So, Fif- so what is that? 57 to 31. So he's about half. Yeah, that's a, a huge little more than half. Yeah. That's, so that so these are Miles' numbers. I'll read you some others. And these are just sacks. This is just purely sacks. It's right. not yeah. pressure, it's nothing. TJ Watt in September, 21 sacks. Oh, we don't have a graphic. October, no, I'm just reading you these. I didn't make this for everybody. So just give us Steve. September, October. Don't give all five, Mike. Give him September, October together. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I got to do it this way. Yeah. September 21, October 19 and a half. Right, November so 22 and a half. December 25. So he he's got more in the last half yeah. of the season. Yeah. The last two months as he does the, the first two months. Yeah, give January also, but go ahead. He has eight and a half in January. Wow. So he's got like, he's got about 25% more the last three months of the season, TJ yeah. Watt. Garrett's got about t- 40% less. Would you guys say that TJ is the double team comparison? I know he doesn't I don't get, know. I know he doesn't get double teamed as I much. No, I, I think Michael like Parsons is the no. double okay. comparison. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, same draft class. Okay. Not as many sacks, but he is the epitome of uh, He didn't play much early in his career. He goes 14, 15, 13 and a half, 13 and a half. Almost yeah. dead steady. consistent. Yeah. Pretty steady. And then January? Three and a half. Same as okay. Miles. So he's about even. He stays yeah. about even. Yep. Khalil Mack, who's a little older than Miles, right? but similar numbers. He goes 22, 25 and a half, 23, 29, and two wow. in January. So, so he gets a more, little, slightly better. More. Yeah. Daniil Hunter, same age range as Miles Garrett. 20, 22 and a half, 20, 23 and a half, and then one same. and a half in January. Yeah. Again, what about Michael Parsons? But, but not just saying I'll that. I'll get to oh, Parsons yeah. in it's a an sec. increase. Aaron Donald, who's oh, different position, great... but 17, 32, 25, 36 and a half. Wow, Way 36 up. and a half in December. September's See, his worst month. To me, guys, that's what separates all of those that are Hall of Fame great and really, really, really good from the yardstick. And, and, and to me, Aaron Donald is the yardstick, and he's doing it at a much better rate in the most important month of the season. And he's probably getting double teamed even more than Miles Garrett. No, not, no. Go to, go to the numbers. They, Miles you, Garrett was the number you, one. He's been yeah. the number one double team guy. I thought for that was years. just ends. I thought it was just ends. No, uh-uh. You got to think about this, like because you can't for a center and he's over the three technique. Here's how you can get double. You got the tight end, you got the burning back, and you got the tackle. Well, you're not you're not doing guard center to double team. You Maradona. can do that, but there's you could get you could get yeah. doubled as a defensive tackle. Yeah, but it's very difficult because he's on the outside. Yeah, shoulder. it's easier to chip it, with a, with an end. You sure. can see a lot of resistance because the, ta- the so it, the tackle has to cover the end. Right. So the guard is pretty what, much what by himself. Just yeah. this year. Who was double teamed most? Who was and where it did was Micah go? and and uh, Miles and I'll, I'll find the exact number for you on PFF. Yeah, I, I just wonder was up, it like a huge gap between it Miles? It was Micah, Micah, Miles, either one or two. I don't remember who's one. Then there was a pretty big gap. I thought Miles this is year is that was just two. ends or all D linemen? I have to. I'll sort it. Okay. And last one, you asked for Micah Parsons. Yeah, he goes nine and a half, seven, sixteen, six and a half. But he's only played three seasons. Right? So Did his you give us TJ Watt? Again, every I don't remember if you did. Every player, every other player we mentioned Went is up. equal or better in the second. Most half. of them better. Some were equal. significantly better. I think Trey Hendrickson was about Trey equal. Or maybe dead, dead even. Essentially. Dead even. Yeah. Now what was and uh, Miles down almost did, about forty five. Did you do T.J. Watt in that? 
Yeah, 21, yeah. 19 and a half, 22 and a half, 25, 8 yeah. and a half. Okay, yeah. so it went up considerably. So okay. They go up. Uh, but it Miles, is yeah. fascinating. It's, it's, it's it really wild. Is. The numbers are now wild. It sh- and it should go up a little because you play more games in October, November, uh, November December, January it, it, than you do in September, October. It shouldn't. You when, when, you take a, when you take it in, into context, wear and tear, yeah. he's playing like two, three, four more games than other people. Not to mention, like when you when you talk about well, not it, this year, the Browns' defense is getting off the field. Right, they was getting anybody. off the field this yeah. year. But my thing, my thing is, and when you say the discrepancy, and you got to look at it, it's like, yes, you are going to if you are a guy that's getting double teamed, you you will wear down. Now, does it completely obfuscate you from show, not showing up against the Texans? No, because you had two three weeks off. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you can look at it and say, all right, well, look, that plays a role in it, and he's injured sometimes. I think I'm more on Garrett's side on this, but the numbers are wild. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. If there, if there was a – it's not a statistical anomaly. It's not just a little bit less. It's not yeah. just one it's year. Almost, his production is almost cut in half. Yes. And that in is dramatic. That, and I we can't lo- find another top rusher uh, yeah. who's – doesn't do anything but either stay the same or go I w- up. I would love to know if that's the same thing with the pressures, too. Like, and I'm going to do a deeper dive on this, Bull. Yeah. That was just the preliminary. I could sort sacks super yeah. quickly. I'll do a deeper dive this summer. We'll dive into maybe why Mike. it happens, if the pressures have the same trend, and whatnot. I wasn't Mike. ready to release all this today, I think we all agree he up, will so. win the yeah. award, though, don't we? Mike, yeah. yes. Yeah. What, are, what was Micah Parsons' sack numbers by month just this year? Do you have that? This year, uh, I could pull it up if you give me a sec. Hold on. Yeah, let's give you a second. I'm just curious if he had – because he got double-teamed – even more than Miles Garrett this right. year, so I'm curious if that affects him. So how did him. it affect him? Yeah. I will say this. He, like Miles, he was invisible the in the game. playoff game. Yeah, nothing. And, and, and I thought Dallas was going to win that playoff game more than anyone else because of Micah Parsons. Right. I really did. You I knew that Dallas well, had a good you. season, but I thought Micah is going to be so disruptive, Green Bay isn't going to be able to do anything, and he, like Miles, was invisible. Yeah. Biggest game of the year. Bull, last thing, and then we'll go on to the Cavs, but uh, this year, just 2023, he had four sacks in September, two sacks in October, five and a half in November, one and a half in December, and one in January. So slightly up. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's it's. We'll it's do, like I said, I'll do a bigger deep dive. I'll get the pressures in there and the double teams and, and give it a little more context than just simple sacks. But sounds good. There we go. All right. We mentioned it earlier. I'll mention it again. There are ultimate team shows coming out next month. There's an ultimate guardian show with hosts. TBD, an Ultimate Brown show, which will be hosted by G. Bush. The Ultimate Cavs show will be myself and Jason Lloyd talking Cavs. And the Ultimate 216 show is Earl the Pearl doing a little culture sports combo. So make sure you guys check those out. Coming to you next month. The Cavs had their win streak snapped last night to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, definitely a little bit of a different test than they had seen in the previous eight games. The Cavs missed some shots. Giannis went crazy under uh, some pretty wild circumstances with their coach being fired just the day before. Jason, you're in here to talk Cavs. Did we learn anything about the Cavs yesterday? Was anything exposed? Anything uh, worth noting to keep track of as this Cavs team gets ready to head towards the upcoming All-Star break? Yeah, we learned the Bucks are a lot better when Giannis plays. Yeah. That's what we learned. I don't and know when that, he's motivated. Yeah, I don't know you can say one game you learned or didn't learn anything. Um, but it's, it's hard to say anything with the Cavs because last year just hangs over everything. So... This whole ring, and like they were the hottest team in the league. They went nine in a row, and I, you know, we talked about it last week. I wrote about it last week. It's great, but they're going to be a completely different team when they're healthy. <clears throat> it's sort of like you know, you go back to the finals teams. I'll go back to that 2015 team we were talking mm-hmm. about. Everyone's like, "Well, man, they would have won if they had Kevin and Kyrie." Well, they were a completely different team, and they were forced to play a completely different Do way. Do you believe that, by the way? Because I don't believe that. 
I don't know. I, because of exactly what we're saying. What's silly is, though, there are a lot of Cavs fans who say that as if it's a foregone Because conclusion. they were terrific players. But, right, the, but right. the, Cavs, the Cavs completely altered the way that they played right. because they didn't have those guys. Okay, same thing's kind of happening here. They've completely altered the way that they're playing because they don't have two of their big guys. And, and JB has said, like, we're just sort of jacking threes. Like, that's what we got to do. Now, they always wanted to get to the style of play. That's why they signed these shooters. Like, that's why they brought in Max Struess and George Yang. And, and Sam Merrill's getting some run now because they identified, they knew they needed more shooting. But when you bring another ball-dominant guard back in Darius, it's going to change the rhythm. It's going to change the tempo. It's going to change the ball movement. It's going to change everything. It's not a big and four shooters anymore. No, and when you, well, when you bring Mobley back, it's going to change everything. So it sort of feels like we're just sitting in purgatory right now because I'm really, and, and, and Mobley's getting close. You know, he was, he's on this trip. Darius is getting close. He had the, the wire removed from his jaw, but he lost so much weight uh, in the time that he missed. He's got to get back up to game shape. And I, I, I just think that we this is not telling us anything because they don't have two of their big dogs. You didn't learn anything. Did, did either of you guys? Because I didn't uh, either. I actually um, did. But well, I know Mike did, so that's why I, I'm, I, I'm, let's run the gamut here, and then we'll go to Mike. I, I did. Um, so last night was one of those things where – you had Darius, not Darius Garland, but Donovan Mitchell. He's been playing the point. He's been moving the ball around. I learned that with the style that they play right now, if they have a bad shooting night, it's done. Like, they, like Giannis got what he wanted. Um, obviously, that's just Giannis doing him. How much did they have to do with the Cats having a bad shooting night? But, um, not, not very Based much. Like, I think they play solid defense, but... When you get, I think Donovan Mitchell had a really bad shoot night. I think he, when I turned the game off, he was like one for eight behind the arc. Uh, Dean Wade hit a three. Um, but, you know, uh, Niang and Struess didn't have a really great shooting night. Karis LeVert struggled. When they're playing like this and they want to shoot a lot of threes, they better hit them, right? Sure. When they're hitting threes, they're very, very good at, at, you know, extending the games. And I think they could win games like that if they hit shots. But, like he said, like, what is is this replicatable when you get Darius Garland? Because now instead of Donovan Mitchell, you got Darius. And Darius like to pat that ball. Darius will pat the ball. It's been ball movement. Uh, how does it look? At, and, and McNugget said this too. And I wanted to ask Jason this. Is Evan Mobley even as good as Allen at the one out, one big four out? Because I... I think offensively, Jared Allen. Careful, there'll be people that want to chase I, you down and beat you I, about the head and shoulders. No, I'm just, I, I, I'm just looking at him as touch around the basket. You don't need to run anything for him. Look at it, 21 and 12 playing against Lopez and, and, and uh, Giannis. Come on, five assists. I mean, he's playing. I don't know if Mobley can do that consistently. Tw- 21 and 12. Well, I, I think Evan is a better one-on-one defender than Jared is. Uh, but, I agree I mean, with that. But Jared is putting up incredible numbers. But I, th- I still think Evan's ceiling is high. Yes, ceiling. So high, for yes. the for the moment, you can't ask Jared to do anything more than he's doing. Right. Than he's played. He's been a great fit for this. If you want to look long term and look years out, I still think Evan's ceiling is higher. And and again, I, I keep saying it. I I'm I'm losing faith with every day that goes by that the three point shots ever going to come for Evan. I think. You know, he's still really young, so you hate to put a ceiling on a guy. It's sort of like Josh Naylor in the war we were having about can you hit left-handed pitching or not. He finally came around. And, I, and so you don't want to cap a guy who's this young. But cap. 
what if he develops a three point shooter, a three point shot, it changes his Everything. entire game. How many well, years do you give him? Like what's I mean, he's only 21, 22. I'm, I'm, I'm not 22. saying it's, we're here already. I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I like, think you at least have to give him another two or three years. Okay. It's safe to say, too, some guys never develop the shot. They don't, but and, they and, don't. And, and I'm told that he's not developed the shot for a lack of trying. What I heard was he worked on it oh, yeah. in this offseason, yeah. and it just came back, and it looked exactly Val, the same. I, but you, people like Valanciunas has developed the three-point shot. Lopez developed a, a, a bit of a three-point shot. Guys like that who, who never used to be able to shoot threes. Um, even, you know, I'm going to be honest. Laurie Market was always a shooter, but I didn't think he was knocking them down at that rate when he played for Chicago. He's, he's a good example of a guy who's really evolved as he's been in the league and gotten comfortable. And, yeah. So, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, what'd you learn? The one thing I learned yesterday, and this was more a confirmation than something we learned, but you look at that eight-game win streak. We were so excited about the offense. Well, eventually they weren't going to shoot 43% as a team from mm-hmm. three. And when you're not making shots, you need a secondary creator on the court. And that's where Darius Garland comes that's back That's exactly what G said, yeah. And we, yeah, and, and G, G kind of alluded to it. And we had talked about, you know, hypothetical trades and moving guys around. But last night proved Darius Garland has a crucial and needed role in this offense because it can't all be on Donovan. And as good as Sam Merrill is, as good as Struess is, as good as Niang's played, Levert not fully in that category. They're great complementary offensive pieces, but they're not creators. You know, Mike, I, I agree with that. And to me, I guess my takeaway from all of this would be, as we've talked about, what are the Cavs going to do moving forward? Are they going to just blindly hope that Donovan decides he wants to stay here? Or are they going to be proactive and try to put his feet to the fire and say, are you going to sign the extension or are we going to move on? What are we going to do? Hey. What I did learn last night is, and I'll say it again, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. They took the best team, in my view, the best team in the conference, and you know you can argue based on where things are right now. I still think Milwaukee is my team to beat in the East. Uh, they took their best shot last night. Giannis was completely motivated mm-hmm. because the coach is up out of there because of Giannis. He wanted to come back and say, we didn't need him, see? So I think the Cavs took their Dang. best punch. And if this is the yardstick in the East, and even if you disagree with me that it's not, I don't think you can disagree with me and say that it's much below Boston or even if you have Philly. I don't think I think they're all right there together. If this Cavs team, without Garland, forget Mobley for this conversation, can take their best punch and play a relatively close game, I, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. It was on the road. I, I did say yesterday, I want to see what happens in the two games. Yeah. My expectation is they should win one the other one should be close. Well, I want to see what happens tomorrow night. Where I would push back a little bit is they were down to like 19. I know they were. I know Milwaukee stopped. Like, it was over. And I know, like, on the broadcast, here they come. No, it was over. No, and you knew like, it was over, it was but over. I like the fact that, I like that we got the here. But, they, but they fight. Like, they're, they're, they're a gritty fight. team that You're fights. Right. No, but it was I love when AC <laughs> does his. You got to cut it to eight by the start of the eight-minute mark. No, no, no. I mean, that's eight, eight's nothing in yeah, the end. Yeah. But it just felt like <laughs> that last night to me felt like Milwaukee's veteran team. Like, I yeah. watched that for four years. Yeah. I watched that championship team, that veteran team who put the game away, and they're like, all right, where are we going for beers tonight? Yeah, that, and there's still six minutes on the clock. The, uh, and that scrappy team's coming back, and they're coming no, back. No, no, no. But it's over. And the, the, on the Mobley front, and I know every time I bring it up, everybody says they're not trading them, they're not trading them, they're not trading them. I had a conversation in the newsroom yesterday about examples in Cleveland sports history when they decided it was time to move on from a guy. Yeah. And that's always the tricky part. Did we Have we held Bieber too long? 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Probably. Uh, they would have traded him last year was for the injury. I know. Brandon Phillips. Remember that deal? Oh, yeah. Okay. So there is, and, and we don't. They didn't hold on to him too long. They didn't give him long enough. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So those are decisions that we don't have the benefit of the future results to know right. how they work out. Right. But you're, what you're doing is you're prospecting. You're prospecting. When you draft a guy, you're prospecting. I, I, I expect this player is going to be. I will say this about Mobley. For me, mm-hmm. my expectations for him have come down every year. They haven't gone up. Yeah. I was so excited about him his rookie season. I thought, oh, my God, that's what it looks like. Yeah. He could be a unicorn. But what I've seen is his ceiling has slowly gone down. Don't you want to, if you're going to make a decision on a player, you want to make a decision on that player when his value is still as high as it's ever going to be. And for me, I don't know that it's going to be any higher. If it comes down again after this year, like at some point, the league consensus on him is going to be always oh, never going to be that guy. And then the ship is sailed. You're not going to get the most you can for him. And has, has, who do we blame for his – he's made no progress as a player. Is that his fault? Is it the coach's fault? I put it on him because the Cavs have shown they can develop guys. They like, have, and they've they're patient. A, they've done a great job of finding guys on the margins and developing them. This is the number three overall pick. Right. So it's on – I put a lot of this on, on him. I mean, I mean sometimes it is – like – I think we don't we we underestimate God-given ability. Sometimes you ain't got it. Like you try all you want. I I could I could go out and I could train and pitch and do whatever I want to. I'm not gonna be pitching like Jay. It's just not in the cards. Now I I will say like he's still elite defensively. Yeah. He is elite. He, no, elite, I love elite. His, listen, what hasn't developed. Three. It, it, and and really, I mean, if you look at some of like his. He was, he, he was regressing a little bit this year, mm-hmm. especially like in the lane and around the lane. His numbers were not good. Well, was that because but, of the injury? Well, no, I, I don't know. Like, Mike, it, I it, thought you were telling me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, sorry to cut you off, Jason, but weren't you telling me that you think his defense is overrated? Uh, I think he's a much better help defender than he is an on-ball defender. See, I disagree, but Mike played the game. Like, again, yeah. I defer to guys who played, and Mike played at a higher level than I did. But I look at him. I look at some of the moves that he makes defensively, and the way he can switch from one so to I like another. His, I like his switching and ability bo- too. His body control and his ability to block and alter shots without fouling. Like I think he's pretty good. Well, Jason, real quick, when I say he's a better off-ball defender, Giannis is a much better off-ball defender than on-ball defender too. That's not even necessarily a knock on him being a bad defender. Sure. Like by any means, I yeah. just think he's better when he's not the point of attack guy, and you have to worry. Yeah, about that's fair. Evan Mobley coming from uh, outside I, of the picture. I mean, real quick, guys. JB ultimately is going to have to find that like. When when Darius comes back, you don't want to just completely give up the way you've been playing, having success. But no, you, you got to blend the two. So how do you kind of find that mix? It's not easy. I, I think Sam Merrill has to stay on the floor. Oh, oh, since, I would agree with that too. And and it, but somebody's going to lose minutes when Darius comes back. I, to me, it can't be. I think Sam. G. Bush said he. Wa- I think it was you said. How about we go? 
that Allen gets 24 minutes and no, Mobley gets that. 24 minutes. And that. you know what? I had never thought of that yeah, before, but I kind of like it. Jason, you know. I, Keep them fresh. Yeah. Entertain me for a little bit. This is messed up that I think about this, and I, I know we, we always go down this road. But the thing that the Cavs are missing is uh, four shooters and LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Like, can you imagine? Like, like Mobley is the new Tristan Thompson. Right, he's switching off on these picks. You, you, he, LeBron don't even have to play on ball like that. They got two erasers down there. You got Sam Merrill's a shooter, Niang is a shooter, Struess is a shooter, and you could put Isaac Okoro, like Amon Shumpert, on one of the best, one of the best. I mean, you don't have it's to convince, crazy. You don't have to convince me if LeBron's on this team, they're winning the championship. I totally believe that. Yeah. It's it's they're winning the championship. If it's LeBron's the on perfect this team. setup. No matter who they have to trade to get him. Well. Uh, he's not coming. Like it's a, it's a, it's a fantasy conversation. Yeah, yeah, but at least right now. Sure he's he's not a, I'm saying, hey, listen, I've been driving the train. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Hey, listen, yeah. So man. I said earlier this week, why would you give up assets that can help him next year? Right. Hey. If you can just get him next year as a free agent. Well, but it would, uh, the money would be. I know it's tricky. Can we put the we collection have a special plate? guest in studio? Yeah, we do. Uh, yes. Let's yeah, let's, let's another pivot another here. kid right now. Okay. Right, call, not right. from Akron, but who's got Akron? How do we do it? Did we win last night or no? No. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of yeah. licking our wounds right now. Okay. But right. good news is we get him again tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and so we get another chance. Okay, we Matt Collig in the house, everybody. What's Matt going Collig. on, guys? Matt What's going on? It's good to be here. Hey, your Super Bowl is coming up. Yes, Super so Bowl racing. The Daytona 500. Daytona is the 500 Super Bowl of racing. Yep. Where is Team Collig? Because I was talking to you the other night. You've made some changes. Yep. How do you feel about your teams, and how do you feel about Daytona? Feel awesome. So first, we have that we have an exhibition race. As I think I was here last year. We have an exhibition race at in L.A., in right. Los Angeles. They turn the L.A. Coliseum, where USC plays football, mm-hmm. into a racetrack. Wow, that's So crazy. they put an asphalt racetrack inside, and we, awesome. we raced it. And, and so, you said that went very well last year. Oh, it went great. Yeah. It, it's fun, and it's super support. You know, they don't have – we race out in Cal- – uh, I, don't, I don't even know where out in California, but it's Is east it? of – it's 45 – minutes or something east of LA yeah but that's the only other race that's like west coast yeah so it's good to just have west coast people be able to go sure and I shouldn't say that's yeah. it because it's Las Vegas <laughs> and Phoenix <laughs> and like right but and we race California. in Portland but yeah. yeah do you know the origin of why the Daytona 500 why it it, it why, why it was the in the first beginning race of the season I was gonna ask the same thing. I know yeah. I asked the same thing too it's actually a pretty cool thing I mean no other sport does that where no, it's like it's your true. super it doesn't it's it's a uh, I wouldn't call it the Super Bowl of racing. It's it's as big an event. I mean, it's a it's massive, NASCAR massive, Super Bowl, yeah, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not a championship, right? That's so true. it's a it's a but big, it's the biggest it's the biggest event. race. And if you were going to win one race, and that's what you're judged on by history, it's like winning the Indy 500. Right. I mean, it's like forever you're a Daytona 500 champion. So yeah, that's why it's special, and that's why it's big, and that's why it's celebrated. What changes did you make to the team, and and how do you feel about them? I feel great. We took, uh, we actually have AJ Allmendinger as uh, we're putting him back in the Xfinity series because he's like won the last two Xfinity championship, you know, the um, regular the season championship. Yeah. Yep. And then so we're throwing him. We've got uh, we've got SVG coming in. I don't know if you guys know who he is. I know, didn't until you mentioned Shane his Van name Gisburg. to me the other yeah. night. He's uh, phenomenal. New Zealand road course racer, um, you know, extremely se- one, of, one of the best in the world. So he's coming to NASCAR, and so he's racing for us in the Xfinity Series this year. Wow, very nice. So that's going to be huge and celebrated, and, like, it's just going to be a fun season that way. And then we've got a new 
uh, guy, Josh Williams, uh, running the Xfinity Series, who's run for years, but now we brought him over there. And then we moved Daniel Hemrick up to the Cup Series. And then we've got, uh, I know, is that good? being applauded by our NASCAR fan, Earl Earl Pearl. So we're moving him up. And uh, and then SVG and AJ Allmendinger are going to share, and uh, along with a few other people that we haven't so announced yet. So AJ will still run. Yeah. Some he'll he'll cup. definitely run. Yeah, okay, at so. least ten cup races. I feel yeah. like we should do a NASCAR fantasy league, by the way, in the, on the show. You should. There's plenty of time we to do it. To do it. There's I can't Plenty do of time it. to yeah, do let's it. Set it up. How, how many cars? Yeah, you set it up. I'll be All in. Right. I'll get in. How many cars you got? Uh, well, we have five full time. So two in the Cup Series, and mm-hmm. then we've got three in the Xfinity Series. But you can run as many as you want. So we'll run more in the in the Cup Series than two and sometimes. I'm told right. that and cars... we're running five at Daytona in the Xfinity Series. Oh, wow. Oh. So we're, we also run the Xfinity Series I'm told these cars yeah. cost dozens and dozens of dollars. Dozens of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and the follow-up is... It's you, hundreds, actually. <laughs> if you do win the Daytona 500... Yeah. How you celebrating that? Oh, who? I don't know. You, um, can we be doing? a part of it? I'm not doing what Austin Dillon and his team do when they win big races. They get tattoos on their butt. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be a part no, of that. Like a whole look, <laughs> look, look, look that up. Really? Oh yeah, they do. God. Like that night, they go to the tattoo parlor and they get. A, I mean, it's not like small saying, "Hey, we want." Yeah. It's a big like Daytona. Are you, are they all so I will not same, be doing that at so. the same That's time. Cool. They no. all in the room. Like, is there any privacy on this? Pro- we got to figure this pro- out. Probably no. not. No. Know. Wow. That's, no, that's, that's, but that's a cool tradition. It, it is, is cool, cool but I do think that I mean, you should come up with your butt anyway. something like that. <laughs> Who's the first I mean, one that comes up with that? You know yeah, what we should do? We should tattoo our ass. That's <laughs> what we should do. Can you imagine if you didn't tell your wife? Like, you get out the shower, and she's like, whoa. <laughs> what happened? <Do> you <laughs> have we back? got some explaining to do. Yeah. When you own a NASCAR team, are there a bunch of like, maybe not a bunch, but a few backup drivers like that are on call, essentially, yeah. if some guys get hurt? Yeah. Yeah, and Matt told me there's an app for that's it. How I said, where do you come up with these what? drivers? He goes, there's an app. Uber, for it. really? <laughs> yeah, no, there's so no they app. Can Uber, and he they was... can fill in for other guys too. Uh, yeah, well, they're wow. they're all they're mostly small guys. But you, that's what you have to do if you have if you do have a, uh, you know, a driver that gets hurt or, or yeah. injured, then then they all fill in. Yeah, I mean, we've had there were some bad situations. If you even remember, um, uh, Ryan Ryan Newman got yeah, hurt at Daytona yeah, a few yeah, years yeah. ago. Yeah. So we had one of our drivers, Ross Chastain, they asked him if he'd fill in. So there's a whole thing between Toyota, Chevy, and Ford that, yeah. like, you need a Chevy driver to drive yeah. in the Chevy. Uh, yeah. But then when certain things happen, then they – They can drop those relaxed. rules. Well, just yeah. so you know, I can leave Avon Lake at 1037. <laughs> you can be there. And make it here by 11 and in the chair. So, so if you need anyone, I think I missed You're my fast. calling by it's being a, a race faster driver. on the track there. <laughs> We got to talk funny. about Peyton Manning. Yeah. Yeah. So you're now uh, doing some business with Peyton Manning. First of all, how well, the hell did that happen? Because Peyton doesn't do much. Yeah. And tell us what what you guys are doing together. Well, so with our college companies championship, you know, our our uh, golf tournament at Firestone uh, that we do every year with the PGA Tour, you know, the Champions Tour, uh, we have an ambassador of golf. So this is actually a PGA uh, Champions Tour uh, thing. Last year, we had Steph Curry. The year before that, Condoleezza Rice, George Bush, a few years. And, and so this year, it's Peyton Manning. Wow, and so wow. we asked him. I mean, he's involved in golf. Really, so the College Companies Championship is more, it's 
obviously golf, but it's a big deal in, in the community as far as philanthropy. So hey. this past year we gave $1.2 million nice. back to, wow. you know, mm. Akron and Northeast Ohio. And so, you know, we pick people that are big time in the in philanthropy and Peyton is. So he aligns with our mission, uh, which is kids and their direct families. And so he's really into golf. He's really into philanthropy. And we asked him to be the ambassador to golf, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll be there." It's wow. July, July that is, 11th. That is cool. Will yeah. you get to play around with? Yeah, me? we'll play. I think we're playing in the pro am. I think the day before. Oh, so, crazy. how cool is that? Ain't that it's cool. Crazy? Yeah, it'd be cool to have your phone and be like, "Yeah, uh, Siri, call uh, Peyton Manning." <laughs> Let me get him up on here. Let's your, your hand. You, you want to be the quarterback with him because you were a quarterback. I'm, I, I mean, I, I imagine you guys would talk. I would hope a little bit. Yeah, I would. I would think, but it's it's really cool for. I would imagine it would be cool as a pro athlete to be like honored or part of like another sport. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Steph Curry last year won that whole, that, that big event, you know, that they had out wherever it was in Reno. And to be able to hold a trophy up that's not an NBA trophy, yeah, be it, cool. it would be just yeah. the ultimate just cool. So yeah. Peyton's getting good at golf and he's trying to be, he's trying to be great at golf. What's your handicap? Are you a good golfer? My, mine? Yeah. yeah. I, it just climbed back up to like 19.8. Okay. So no, I'm not a good golfer. You're under 20, so that that, that is uh, actually good. It's fine. That is yeah. considered good. Yeah. Because your average weekend golfer is is doing well if he breaks 100. Yeah. Well, that's how. So in business, even Leafield, that's how we would judge sales managers. I'd say, how's your handicap? And if it was a good handicap, I wouldn't hire. Him. Yeah, it's too <laughs> good. You're not spending enough. Time. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You should be out <laughs> selling. No, you should be that, out golfing. What's the best round you've ever shot? Your best score? Uh, you know what? Pro uh, I'm going to say probably 85. I never got better than that. Yeah. yeah. So that's you, probably 30 years ago. Do you get on the track with the cars yourself? Yeah. Often? Uh, not often. but What's the fastest you've ever gone? Well, at Daytona, they got they let us get up to 167 miles oh, per hour. Awesome. What is that oh. like? Uh, it's a little nerve-wracking. Yeah. Um, you know, you're... We did the whole Richard Petty experience. Actually, it was during it was during COVID, okay. and they let us. I actually bought out the track. It was my birthday, so we had a little birthday celebration. And you couldn't go, did that for his birthday. You last couldn't. Year. <laughs> yeah, is, is that what you guys were doing for your birthday? Yeah, man. I yeah. Was, it was crazy, so, man. Uh, next year, Indy Five Hundred, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah. So we took twelve cars out, and and like they they. I can't believe they let us get up to one hundred six. <laughs> <laughs> and they so you're the funny part dream. is you have to sign your oh. life away because I've done the Richard Petty thing too. And when you sign it, you're like, "What does this mean?" It means if you die, it's yeah, not our fault. When you're like, yeah. "Oh, okay." And can you believe they just let they let you go out there? You're not. I mean, you're. It's, you, you're. I mean, you're not in like a. You're in helmets and safety gear or whatever. But like, the helmets. The the worst thing I ever did. Not. And I don't even mean to say it that way. But like, we did the whole thing around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as well. In Indy cars. Oh, oh wow. wow! That's what That's I, I would cool. love to do. That so, I've never done and, that. And you're not. You can't drive yourself. But they have. You know, it's a two seater. You know where they. Uh, you know, there's there's right. a driver and you're just behind them. But that's a situation where you're you're going around Indy. You've got to be pretty. You've got to be pretty. Uh, dare I say crazy? You're dare uh, Those guys know. And I don't know. They oh, didn't tell us, but it felt like full I've, speed. I've, I asked, I think it was Bobby Rahal. It was once, I yeah. asked a, a formidable IndyCar driver what it was like, and the driver said to me, imagine sitting on a sled 
and going around a track 200 miles an hour because in obviously in those cars, yeah. your tail end is about six inches off the ground. Wow, that it, is crazy. You are so close and it's the to the same, ground. It's the same thing at Daytona. I mean, you're just trusting it. Now, at, at Daytona, the, the NASCAR, are they're, they're wide open. I mean, you're, you're not really lifting, but you just trust that it's going to hold. So it's sure. the same thing. So it, same with Indy cars, like you, you're going 200 miles per hour and you're just trust or 220 and you're just trusting how it's going to hold. So you're just looking at the right front tire being like, and I did about 10 laps in it. And I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) You're living. This is ridiculous. (laughs) living. That's what you're doing. This ain't for us. No, there's limits no. to no Ooh. fat guys allowed. Those like, cars. like my, we have arms outside. Of the, like, put no, your, we couldn't put your, fit. Put we my couldn't side. Fit. Do they do? Do they have doors on these things? Oh no! no. So no. I gotta close. No, you gotta get out. Yeah, you gotta oh, get. That's not yeah. happening. And yeah. the crazy thing about the Indy yeah. car is it's you, an open air car. Yeah. Like at least in NASCAR, it feels like you're driving a real car. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With the Indy cars, you have to squeeze into a seat that's this wide. And the, your your channel for your legs is barely bigger than both legs. And you're in this like this. And the upper half of your body is in open air. Can't move That's your crazy. head. You can't. Yeah. It is banana. What, do you have a favorite racing movie, by the way, of all time? <sighs> um, yeah, probably. I mean, Days of Thunder. Okay. Or Talladega Nights. That's my That's favorite. That's a great movie. Just because I love comedy. Well, what was the one? It's, tell, it's got to be Talladega Nights. Yeah, Talladega Nights is just What was so the good. one with Matt Damon that came out? Uh, it was about in, uh, yes. Ford, 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 Ford versus Ford? Uh, right, Ferrari. Right, Ford versus yeah. Ferrari. You know, I never That's saw a, that, but it looked good. It was good. good. Yeah. It was good. I saw it's it. a great movie. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah. It looked really good. I'm great. still hung up on running out the track. Oh, it's my birthday. I'm going to go run out the track. <laughs> I run out I ninety every day. I just don't tell anybody. Yeah, <laughs> well, I remember. So we had uh, dinner, but they let us, they they let us have dinner at the start finish line. Wow! So that is cool. It was cool. This is so that's cool. It's funny. Like, I, I went to laser tag, but we've won there. <laughs> I went to Chuck E. Cheese. We, we, we've won there before, so I think we've won there three times. So that's they dope. they let us do it, and it was a really cool experience. Wow! Um, you know, about tw- we we dressed up in jackets, and they had. So even before dinner, they had it all catered, and then they had up on the screen like our the wins, like the winning moments or the last lap of when we won. So um, you know our drivers were there. It was it was awesome, but a couple two of those wins were during COVID, so we didn't get to celebrate. Oh, oh wow! And so even during COVID, like the owners, like I wasn't allowed to go to the racetrack. Wow! So we got That's champagne cool. bottles out and we we're spraying yeah. each other, and so we celebrated mm. that way. Such an That's odd cool. time. You, you and Jay's, you so and Jay's, cool. you and Jay's life insurance got to be crazy. Mm. <laughs> like y'all's life, that, the policies is out of control. Yeah. Shout out to Tracy. That's it. Yeah. By, you, Jay, stop jumping out of planes. Yeah, all kind of other stuff. I want to fly planes. Stop. And Tracy's like, you, absolutely not. Those are the ones that crash. Have you crash. flown a plane? No. Oh, Will no, you? No, no, no. Uh, no. We jump out of an airplane. I, no, I would, but uh, no. <laughs> you see that? That's that. That's that kid. He's like, yeah. I, I, I'll jump I want out of the to, plane with but you. at the end of the day, no, I'm not gonna. I saw. So you'll go 200 miles around a track, but not <laughs> yeah. jump out of a plane. Right? He has limits. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's your greatest thrill, and not business? Yeah. I, your greatest thrill as a sportsman. And it can be from your days as a quarterback, or it can be your days now as an owner of a NASCAR. Uh, boy, that's a good question. Probably the, the it, NASCAR is exciting. I mean, even being part of the Daytona 500 and being, you know, I, I'm, I don't say I'm just a kid from Akron because I'm not even from Akron, but like, you know, you feel like that sometimes mm-hmm. where like you just grew up and then I, I played college, I played at the University of Akron um, and then all of a sudden, 
have some success in business and are able to own like a professional sports team. And so some the success. fact, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then being able to be and actually have your name and your cars and everything else at a place like the Daytona 500 and qualify and run. You've and won act, there. And actually have chances to win. Yeah, we've won there, I, we've won there three times in the Xfinity Series. But, and, and now we've run, I don't know how many years this is that we've been uh, in the Daytona 500, but um, it's a really thrilling, amazing uh, experience. Probably the best in college. We played, you know, we were at the University of Akron, so you get to play sometimes at big mm-hmm. schools. So when we played at Kansas State, when they were fourth in the country, wow. that was probably the biggest. And they were crazy. Those fans were nuts. Yeah. You know, I know the they're L. not Roberson known years? for it now, but what's Michael Bishop. L. L. Roberson? Michael, Michael Bishop. I don't know, but yeah, we... Yeah, Michael Bishop did play there. We lost yeah. 77 to nothing. Oh, okay. Geez. And I've never experienced. And you Bill, can say you went. Bill Snyder came into the locker room after the game. So Bill Snyder was there. Yeah. And, and, and a legend. And comes into our locker room after the game and, like, says, keep your heads, you guys. That's kind of a cool move, though. No, That's, it wasn't. Oh, I no. thought it was like, listen, I was so, played at OU like and he, he took some tail weapons. I was embarrassed. I was uh, like, I can't believe the other coaches in our locker room apologizing for beating our ass. Seventy-seven. <laughs> Look what you turned that into. You right. kept your head up and you had some success in business. I'm like, man, is this yeah. real life? It Pretty was. Cool. It was actually a class. It was a class move. Yeah, uh, by him because got the bag. Yeah, I got the bag. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Uh, good luck at Daytona. We're going to be following your teams as we always do, and we hope that you have huge success this year. And I want to know one thing from Peyton. Okay. Does he yell Omaha before he hits his tee shot? That's all I want to know. If he does, I think that might be I'll the coolest thing ever. I bet he does to ever. be funny. That would yeah. be really cool. All right, Matt Collig uh, stopping by the UCSS studios. Matt, thank you very much. Are we going to do Super Chats and then Overtime? How do you want to Yeah, do we're going to do Super Chats. Matt, if you want to stick around for Super Chats, it'll take one minute, then we'll get you out of here. We only okay. have four today. First one comes from Josh Harris, who sa- John Harris, who says, oh. Kevin got here before and had, to, and had to run his playbook by Jimmy before each game. Not sure if that's still true. Yeah, it's still guards. true. They meet every Friday. <laughs> okay, that's true. With that sole purpose. They have an offensive meeting every Friday with Jimmy and the That's staff. absurd. That I, makes me... Th- I, I, that, I thought that was common knowledge. I thought, I, I thought that was a joke. No. That's, that's really... Okay. Next right. super chat comes from the guard, 16. Crazy that the Haslam poll was not 90 to 100% Did we ever get the results on that? Yeah, what are the results? Uh, Yeah, we did. We had 600 votes. 57% said good owner. 43% said said bad owner. You said 60%. So that one. Charles T says, I hope Stefanski keeps play calling. Fans and media are now comfortable with him. I'm not ready to hear. Fire the OC every play call next season. And Inside Omari, last one, says, I'm on the way to Mexico right now, and I'm watching the show from 30,000 feet in the air. I have to say, you guys never miss. Love the show. Keep up the good work. So, Amari, we appreciate y'all. And yeah. we've got overtime coming up here in a few minutes. Mike, before we, we go to overtime, yes. let's bring Matt back in for a second. Yes. No, I just have, I have hats for you guys. Hats. Oh, nice. I oh, think I love free stuff. So, oh, yes. Thank you. These Co- college racing hats. Oh, these is no, those are Those are nice hats, too. No, no, no. I like the, these, the, nice I, got, I, I took four of them from the last hat. Yeah. I forgot I got I a just giant keep, These is nice. <laughs> I do not have a college racing. Well, I do now. There you go. Piece of memorabilia. So. Thank you, Matt. Matt, uh, always great to see you. In overtime, we'll be reacting to the Browns concert announcement, by the way, which is coming concert? out. They're holding a press conference for a special announcement for a concert. Huh. Well, we're going to react to it in a second. All right. See you in All overtime. Right. Two minutes. We'll see you in overtime. See you, see you there.
Matt, thanks, man. Thank you. Oh, no, this nice right here. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.